Warning, the content of this podcast is intended for listeners with low standards for accuracy, sensitivity, intelligence, taste, and intelligence. For satirical purposes, these three simpletons will sometimes sound like they are having a serious conversation, but trust me, they just aren't capable of it. Some ideas are stupid, and no one needs to be punished. Let's investigate that. Did that trigger you? Yeah, but not in any way that makes any logical fucking sense whatsoever. You can simply a terrible idiot, and I feel like I made a mistake. You know, actually, I do have a funny, a, a funny thing about sex moves. But it's not like, and it's not like you can just do a sex move. I guess that that is interesting. Have you really visited a place if if you haven't ejaculated there? Mm. So, like, you know, or left DNA in some format. Oh, I guess. Why does, it, why does it immediately have to be ejaculation? Well, that's going to have the most DNA, I would wager. I guess, like, yeah, like pound for pound. Does pounds, 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 <laughs> pounds of semen? <laughs> Daniel, Daniel. Wait, 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 wait. Does, pounds. I forgot about what are you mortals. doing? Does, ex, does excrement contain DNA? Oh, I'm sure it does. Oh, absolutely. Really? Ours? Oh, like, wait. Or may- maybe have you guys heard about the the person who is is shedding a new spe- uh, new species, a new strain of COVID, and they're finding about it because they're, they're shedding it into the wastewater, and so they like put out like a service announcement. and They're like, "Hey, there's someone someone who's who's pooping out some new, brand new COVID, and we need you to get into contact with us very quickly." How would you know if you're that person? Uh, it's a good question. Literature has shown that DNA from feces can be reliably recovered from both humans and animals, and I am now on a watch list. (laughs) (laughs) Just be careful. I should have searched that in uh, private browsing. Yeah, incognito. Yeah, that means that means not even God's looking, looking at (laughs) each other when you're in incognito mode. Yeah, I certainly hope not. What is the turmeric of hate symbols? Turmeric of hate symbols. Oh yeah. boy! Uh, it's a. It's got to be a tiki torch. What is the coming of hate symbols? Cumin. 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 Uh, with no, no, no. What is the coming of hate yeah. symbols? Okay. <laughs> uh, would that be? I, I genuinely don't know enough hate symbols to have this conversation. Oh, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing. I guess, although. Maybe, you know what, maybe you should learn about hate symbols for the same reason that I do. Did I ever tell you the story about which I, about when I ac- almost accidentally went to a, a neo-Nazi rally? No. Oh. Well. It's dangerous. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, it was, there, there are certain things, like events that happen in my life that I, I like to call a near miss. And that was a near miss. I just googled okay. another. I just googled what is the cumin of hate symbols. Yeah, and I'm now on yet another watch list. The D20 is the table salt of dice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did not think that was how that was going to end. Yeah, <laughs> but it was uh, back when I lived in Maine. Uh, I decided that I wanted to get like learn about socialism, so I just started googling for like. The socialist meeting near me, and then Google uh, showed me a meeting of the Traditionalist Workers Party uh, that was 
it was local. It was like, I would have had to drive like 20 minutes, but uh, 20 or 30 minutes, like out in, on the back roads and everything. But it, and it was out in the woods. And so I was like looking at their website and I was like, okay, all right. So their logo kind of looks like the, the bad guys in a science fiction movie, but sure. Okay. Maybe they just don't have a graphic designer. So uh, hold on. Hold what? On. I'm going to count the red flags as we go. Okay. All right. Rural, rural mean. Right. Traditionalist. Right. That that also did kind of like alarm me a little bit. I was like, hmm. I would think so. Uh, bad guy. Look. Yeah, it was three, at three. It is what I've since learned is like the fascist pitchfork. <laughs> yep. So I, I was like, that looks that looks like the bad guys from like, they, they, it looks like like a space Nazi logo. Anyway, so I'm reading their their, uh, their website and they're uh, I'm scrolling down and then they get to the, their their values where they say it's faith, family, and folk. And I was like, well, that's weird. Like, why would they like, why would they put like religion as like one of their values? Because I, I I was you know I was always like godless socialists, right? And folk is kind of an interesting choice for them yeah. to pick. All right, that's a, a very specific word, but okay, all right. And then I kept on like scrolling down, and then they got explicit, and they they were like, "We're like, do not come here if you're uh, not white." And I was like, oh, "Okay, yes, all right." So what? What is the folk? What is that? Why is that? Because it sounds like the German Volk. Uh, so it's like the eight, the tattoo of eighty-eight. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It's one of the tattoo of eighty-eight. Yeah. Is so, uh, fourteen eighty-eight. Yeah. Exactly. And I thought, I thought it was the eighth letter of the alphabet is H. Yeah. H. Yes. Hail Hitler. Yeah, and then that's the other thing too is that you'll see a lot of they will say "Hail Victory" because that's that's literally the translation. Well, I'm really glad we were able to start things off on a light note. Well, that that was a funny story. I you didn't don't. actually I didn't actually go. I I realized like because but here's the thing I I found this out I was holding the keys the my keys in my hand I was like doing some last minute reading before I went out there. I almost got murdered. I'm sure I would have gotten murdered. Absolutely. You know what's really nice about that organization, though, is kind of defunct now because of an incident that's been known as the Night of the Wrong Wives. I'm sorry? The Night of the Wrong Wives. So the the guy who founded the organization was fucking his stepmom, and then his dad was, also, was fucking his wife, his son's wife, his daughter-in-law. Okay. And then they found out about it and they had a blowout and then the organization kind of collapsed. So those traditionalist family values. Yes, exactly. I was thinking coming into this recording that I wanted to encourage Dan to talk more, but no, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Dan always has the things that Dan thinks are funny are always <gasps> interesting. Oh, <laughs> new insecurity like, unlocked. Like almost uh, being murdered by white supremacists. Well, I mean, that is... I, I was, I was miles away from them. That's for sure. So it's, it's all like barely almost. That's fair enough. Yeah, I, I very nearly almost put myself in the line of danger. Almost nearly thought about. Yes, yeah. I strongly considered almost very nearly doing it, but I did learn my lesson. That's why I never go anywhere now. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. I just learned about the Othala ruins. 
Did you fellas? Did you fellas know about the Othala rune? Yeah. Did you see the the shape of the stage at one of not not this CPAC, but I think the one before, or maybe the one in like I don't know one of the recent CPACs. It was in the shape of the Othala rune. Yeah. It's surprising to me that they would choose that, considering how close it is to the Othello rune. Oh wait, which one's that? That's a thing I just made up. But oh. it's just that the word looks a lot like Othello. You know, Shakespeare's only black character. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That I know of. Oh, it's this. Okay, Othala and Odal are the same. Is I guess maybe I'm saying it wrong. I don't know. I, I might be saying it wrong. But it's the new symbol of the National Socialist Movement. Okay. Right. So the Othalarun is the original Norse letter, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it has been bastardized into the Odal rune, ah. which is the symbol for Nazism. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this smells like extraordinary levels of horseshit. Yes, absolutely. interesting would it be if there were aliens uh well it depends like the aliens on the simpsons were pretty interesting like those guys were fucking hilarious mm-hmm. but the aliens on the x-files just pissed me off yeah. why why did they piss you off because i never saw them all i saw was this guy with a goddamn cigarette like <laughs> It's the closest we ever got to aliens is this guy with a damn cigarette who we, name we didn't know yeah. And it's just like aggravating. Did you ever see the episode where they went into his backstory? Uh, I guess I missed that one because otherwise. Yeah, so he uh, killed JFK. So he was the guy that killed JFK. Of course. Uh, he is the one that uh, blew the whistle on the Bay of Pigs. Uh, he was instrumental in the Iran Contra scandal. Like it, all, every major event had this guy either pulling the trigger or. <laughs> moving people around to make it happen. Oh. Okay. Was, was it an autobiographical uh, backstory episode? I, I I think so. I think he was <laughs> writing his autobiography actually. So, I'll I'll say that, like the real reason that I am I'm skeptical about uh aliens contacting humans on earth, which is and I, I admit that I'm making a pretty big assumption here, which is that we have a a fairly decent understanding of the laws of physics. People kind of uh, people underestimate the time and distance scales that we'd be dealing with for uh, intelligent aliens that we would not be able to detect. To first of all, be able to like detect us and and find us because we've only been broadcasting radio waves for call it 150 years. So there's like a 150 year light. Uh, light year bubble around the earth where uh, an intelligent species could conceivably like detect us. Cause that's, that's the noise that we're making um, anything farther than that. Like if they, even if they could see the surface of the earth, um, it would be like pre-industrial or dinosaurs in terms of time and space, the chances of two intelligent species crossing paths within the lifespan of their civilization and also proximity is just so small. I am skeptical for different reasons. I am skeptical because, uh, number one, we've already established 
that if you're visiting a foreign world, you don't leave crashed spacecraft, you leave jizz. Mm. Oh, they do that too. No, I didn't see that in the report. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, if you read the authoritative you know, tome on space travel, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, mm-hmm. you'll understand that when the aliens invade, they'll be swallowed by a golden retriever to a gross, due to a gross miscalculation of scale. Yeah. And also the whole thing of like, why could they pilot these goddamn things halfway across the universe only to just crash land all the time? Right. So the theory behind that, mm-hmm. one of the theories behind that, is that we are being visited by the uh, rednecks of the aliens. <laughs> They're the ones that, that like, sure. the, the, go- the alien government is like, leave this fucking planet alone. They're dangerous and shitty. And all the rednecks are getting high on space weed. And like, look at me, I can buzz earth. I'm going to, I'm going to buzz. I'm going to freak these guys out. And they're just, yeah. Okay. Although I guess that, that does look what I can do to their cows. <laughs> I guess this does kind of, that does kind of predispose a, like a personal spacecraft sort of economy. If you have an interstellar empire, you, you probably have the resources to have a personal spacecraft economy. It's more likely they're not sending their best. Yeah. It, seems mo- it seems more likely that these are not uh, alien rednecks. These are pilgrim aliens, like alien pilgrims. Like the Mayflower barely fucking made it here before sinking. Mm. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, that's actually another good point. Like who says that there's they the the first like faster than life spaceship is not going to be great again one of the theories that is popular in ufo ufology yeah um is basically that that aliens are covertly trying to uh or one faction of alien of the alien whatever is trying to covertly uh colonize earth and that's why the government is in talks with them if I ever run for Congress, the first thing I'm going to do is write a bill that imposes strict limits on where we can use the suffixology. <laughs> You're not happy with ufology? <laughs> doesn't it doesn't please me that much? No. I think you'll you'll run into a challenge on First Amendment grounds. Although, if you run as a Republican, but, but look at look at like what has been released in the last year alone. Mm-hmm. The Navy and Air Force have come out with like disclosure after disclosure of, decla- of declassifying video of unexplained aerial phenomenon. Like, and these aren't like uh, wild, crazy Farmer Joe. These are pilots for the Air Force in the prime of their career doing exercises and seeing shit that they can't explain. Yeah. And the, these are people, people in positions. Uh, that know what they're saying sounds ridiculous. And okay, so I know that we're all thinking it. Would you bone an alien? Yes. Yeah, I think I would too. But I, does it does it depend? Yeah, it depends. Like those aliens from The Simpsons were pretty fucking hot. Whereas, like, I didn't see any aliens on the X Files that were interesting to me at all. Yeah, it's like what the, those tentacles do. Tentacles and the sliminess. And the- Natural lube. Yeah, I think I think it, it would depend on if I was the first person. Yeah, because if I could claim to be the first person that fucked an alien, yeah, that would be worth it. 
Absolutely. And then it wouldn't matter what the end was. You see how small those nostrils are? <laughs> like, all the other orifices must be, well, probably shouldn't have gone there. Talk about leaving DNA. Yeah, yeah exactly. Don't, don't be so heteronormative. <laughs> it's not just penetrative sex. All yeah. sex is sex, not just penetrative. I don't know if I sign off on that or not. Yes. Okay. Well, if we're talking about intercourse, but it doesn't have to be intercourse to be sex. Right. Right. Like, I can fuck anything. Like, I... Just try me. Prove it. What? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that microphone right now. (laughs) Okay. All right. Why did I break... Why did I say this? I should have known. (laughs) Uh, But no, I, I think... I do think that uh, monster fucking in general has become more acceptable. So I think that a lot, a lot of people would probably bone an alien. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think another important question is, do we welcome the alien invasion to give the AI someone else to fight besides us? <laughs> you know, the thing yeah, I always... They, no, they, they'd ally with the alien. Think so? Yeah, they'd be like carrying their uh, alien pride flags all over our faces while they stomp on them. Alien pride flags. I don't know. I I feel like if you have the technology to to get here and and get here from like farther away than we can detect, that gets into the Fermi paradox, though. Yeah, it maybe it's not that it's farther away than we can detect. Hang on, that's true. Should we say the the should we we say what the Fermi paradox is for the audience? I mean, I know what it is, and you know what it is, and presumably right. Jack knows what it is. But I, audience, I googled it but forgot. Yeah, our so, audience has no idea. The Fermi paradox is based on the assumption that if you do the math with the age of the universe and the density of stars and the density of planets around those stars in those galaxies, um, that the universe should be absolutely teeming with life. Mm. Something along the lines of um, there should be something about 3,000-ish civilizations that would have kept uh, colonized all of the milky way already Mm. if you do the math for like the average lifespan of a civilization and how many stars there are how many planets are etc etc yeah so if we accept that as given which smarter people than me have said that Mm -hmm. so i'm going to accept that uh then why haven't we seen anything why are we unable to detect anything i i think it personally i think it's the great filter i think they i i'm a subscriber of the great filter uh hypothesis as the, the answer to the, the paradox. Yeah. So the great filter being uh, that every civilization has to go through some sort of test to get to the point where it can advance uh-huh. to interstellar travel. Uh-huh. I'm thinking our personal uh, great filter is probably capitalism if we can't, because right now we are burning down the planet in the pursuit of money. And we're making our, our own habitat inhospitable. Like, we're, we're not... Uh, well, but this is also something that is spurring on space travel. Right, so right. The, the question is, is the great filter behind us, or is it yet to come? Hold on, so, how, how is capitalism spurring on space travel? That's a rather dubious claim. It's the, the, our, it, it's the, uh, the most successful economic model that we've come up with, which is, like... Evidenced by the fact that it's we've taken over the entire like globe, so it whatever economic model we'd be using, 
uh, we would be getting technological advancements. Uh, and the one that we happen to be using, capitalism, is is doing that. But and it's it's I guess doing it pretty quickly because we are unconcerned with any sort of side effect aside from can we uh, generate more small green pieces of paper to pass around between each other. Well, because the side effect of capitalism is conflict, mm. and the side effect of conflict is progress. A, a lot of great inventions and a lot of terrible inventions have come from war. Yeah, and part uh, of especially uh, during the 80s and 90s a huge part of our government budget went to um trying to win that space race and trying to become get superiority over russia exactly yeah but that didn't even get us to mars um oh, what was i was i was just about to say something something about that so i i did have this this kind of interesting um this kind of interesting idea if you think about it so we're using fossil fuels right now, which are the remains of plants and animals that died millions and millions of years ago and you know turned into oil and natural gas and all that. There's a finite amount of that. The life on Earth now is going to become fossil fuels millions of years in the future. So if life were to, uh, if intelligent life were to evolve again on Earth in the ruins of whatever we did, like, you know, say, say we turn earth into Venus and then it takes, you know, a couple trillion years or whatever to equalize. Um, because I don't think we're going to kill everything and there's already life here. There's going to be something that can eat the, the chemicals in the atmosphere or whatever. The earth, earth is going to be just fine. Exactly. Earth is going to be just fine. Yes. So millions of years from now, we're going to be the oil and natural gas. I think that, uh, and and I'm I'm not attributing like a design or anything to this, but it seems to be that it seems like uh, fossil fuels are kind of like the like the wick or like the the fuse for a civilization, and you have that long to figure out how to harness renewable sources of energy that don't poison the planet. We absolutely could if if it wasn't for the tremendous financial incentive to keep using fossil fuels, we would be off that by now. Yes. Because we all know it's bad for us. At least for the humanity, we, we have a cultural great filter that if we don't get our act together, then we're just going to wipe ourselves off. And I'm imagining that other like life civil, like civilizations, like life forms, have run into something similar like that. So you're, seems- you're saying that the great filter is specifically fossil fuels or an equivalent thereof that uh, finite resource that advances civilization in a moment. at least for us yeah like just just from like observing it it seems like plausible to me we have no reason to think that the milky way galaxy is not teeming with life like well first of all teeming right you said three thousand, which is not a large number when you consider the size yeah. of the universe three thousand civilizations that could have completely colonized Right, completely colonized, not not just like three thousand planets. Yeah, not just existed, but completely colonized the Milky Way. Okay, but well, completely colonized means us included, is what you're saying. Yeah, or or like we would be able to we would be able to see some stuff. There would be there would be uh, some sort of you can't move through space without leaving something. There'd, there'd be a little Bob Ross cabin on one of the moons of Jupiter. Or something, yeah. All right. Or we'd be we'd be seeing spaceships flying around because that's the only that's I think really one of the only ways to have a 
uh, interstellar civilization. For another, I have one. Another explanation for this is our math is off. Yeah. Like we don't know as much about the universe as we think we do in terms of scope and size. And yeah, I think it's important to say that, but I think I think that's the that's like the least interesting answer. It's the least interesting and most plausible answer. It is the most plausible answer. It is important to say though, like we we do need to acknowledge, even though it's like anathema to this podcast, we do need to acknowledge that there's stuff that we don't know. No, no, I refuse. <laughs> yeah. So no, no, we know it. The science geeks don't know it, right? right. <laughs> they are the ones so, screwing up the math. Here, here's the uh, official chain of reasoning for the Fermi paradox. Okay, there are billions of stars in the Milky Way similar to Earth's sun. Uh, with high probability, some of these stars have Earth-like planets in a uh, circumstellar habitable zone, so a zone that would be congruent to supporting life. I'm already lost. This I'm already lost. You lost me already. Like supporting life as we know it, but there's no reason to think that life right. can't evolve under different circumstances in other parts of the universe. Right. So, so think of it this way: there are billions of planets that could support life as we know it, okay. let alone other forms of life. Right. Uh, many of these stars, and thus the planets surrounding them, are much older than the sun. And if Earth-like planets are typical, which we have to assume that they are, we have no reason to assume it's not. It's the mediocrity principle. Like, no place in the universe is more important or more special than any other place. So they're much older than the sun. If Earth-like planets are typical, some may have developed uh, intelligent life long ago, which we know is possible because it Mm -hmm. ostensibly happened here. Yeah, it's happened at least once. Some of these civilizations may have developed interstellar travel, a step humans are investigating now. Even at the slow pace of currently envisioned interstellar travel, the Milky Way could be, galaxy could be completely traversed in a few million years. Since many of the sun-like stars are billions of years older than the sun, the Earth should have already been visited by extraterrestrial civilizations, or at least their probes. Hmm. Yeah, which is, and that's the thing that I think about is, uh, Think about the time band of when the like when the aliens could have come and seen humans. It's it's a not it's only like a couple hundred thousand years. Like they could have completely missed us. That's that's what I keep on thinking. Yeah. But we would have gotten there would be von Neumann machines where the humans are not the only ones to admit like invent those. Even though uh, von Neumann invented and like named them after himself, we'd see some of those the, those robots that it's like. You send out a probe, and it lands on a planet, and then it builds five copies of itself, and then those probes go out to five different planets and repeat. So yeah. Star Trek did it all wrong. It just had this one feature. You build a self-replicating probe, and then you know you have explored the Milky Way in no time. So, and I guess if you think about it, if we can come up with that, then of the billions of other suns that have billions of planets that are similar to Earth or could be similar to Earth. Hmm. One of them had to have also. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the most horseshit science fiction plots I've ever heard of. This feature. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. How lazy was that shit? Oh, man. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that it. To start it SG1, who had an entire three series arc based on that exact premise. <laughs> man. I do think, honestly, I think it would be awesome. If there were aliens, I I can't imagine. Uh, okay, one of uh, one of my kind of pet peeves about uh, aliens is like, oh, you know, they're coming here to take our planet or whatever. When 
if you can you could just like disassemble jupiter there's so much more water out there than there is and like and and that water doesn't have all the microplastics in it like you know so you like, you yeah. kind of go for the the dark forest theory i think so like that people are just being quiet because they're afraid yeah but yeah i but i don't think i don't think you need to be afraid i think that anybody any civilization that has developed interstellar travel like what could they, what could they possibly need from us that they couldn't get anywhere else uh, they need cow anuses i guess it is critical to their survival that they get cow anuses i'm i'm just imagining those cow anuses anuses are like a delicacy so but but it could be the zoo hypothesis also which is another resolution of the fermi paradox which states that the reason we don't see anybody else out there is because we're actually the chimpanzees in the zoo. We're in a zoo, yeah. That's that would be interesting. I like those. Yeah. And it could be because one of the things that I'm I'm thinking about is uh, you know, if, if we do live in a crowded universe, how would they it it seems like it would be almost impossible to completely mask an entire civilization from human beings who are pretty smart like we've come up with some pretty cool stuff i I find that the zoo hypothesis to be the most intellectually satisfying one yeah simply because it explains everything like the reason we're visited by aliens is because there are zoo zookeepers the ones in charge of making sure that we don't uh escape i i really like i do like uh the idea that uh, like human beings are being like looked after, then, and I wonder if that's what people get out of like religion. Like, you know, there's somebody up there looking after you. Yeah. Why is it that the idea of alien life is anathema to the idea of God? Because you have to believe that God cares about uh, you and Earth specifically. I guess. But only what kind of what kind of self centered bullshit is that? I'm not only cares about it. I'm not I'm not following the presumption that uh the possible existence of alien life is anathema to the concept of God. It's anathema to the Bible, so fundamentalists would find it yeah. this whole conversation yeah. objectionable. Yeah. I mean but, okay, we're yes, we're talking more what I'm more what I'm saying. Yeah, we're talking uh, we're we're Americans, so we're talking about American Christianity, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> when we say God. We're yeah. talking about like like the real one. So what we're saying is why are the why are the stupidest and most narrow-minded of religious people so stupid and narrow-minded is the question that you're asking. Well, when you put it that way, <laughs> it's far less infuriating. Okay. Uh, All right. Now I just feel bad for people. We could be their zookeepers. I like the petri dish theory more than the zoo theory. Yeah. Oh yeah, where they're working on it. Yeah, we we're in a we're in a petri dish that they're watching us through some undetectable microscope type scenario. Well, it makes sense too, because uh, it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson famously said, if we think about there's a two, like what a 0.02% difference in our DNA from uh, chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. And if we assume that as we are hundred percent chimpanzees are 99.98% of our DNA, mm-hmm. what would something that is, uh, one hundred point two point zero two percent look like. 
what would something that is 101% look like? Hmm. So different from us, but in a more advanced or more intelligent direction rather than a less evolved one. What would hmm. that look like? Would we recognize that as life? Hmm. That would be Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Snooky. <laughs> oh, wait. Hold on. Uh, quick sidebar. Speaking about intelligence and life, uh, have you seen the that the uh, the orcas are? And I stole this joke from Twitter. They are organizing. Oh, yes. I stole it. I can't I, fucking blame them. Yeah. Uh, and did you see that they are like they are teaching other orcas and other whales how to disable boats, and they are traveling with dolphins. And aren't, aren't orcas and dolphins? Uh, natural enemy. Don't they fight? I would think that an orca would just eat a dolphin. Yeah, they don't fight. They're just more like... But they're they're teaming up. And I say, on with the, like, like long live the orca uprising. Yeah, I want to see where this goes. I know I know that all, what's going to happen is that, is that uh, all the countries of the world are going to make it legal to kill orcas, because that's disgusting. No. Maybe it would be, what if it's too late by then? Oh, maybe. I, I don't know. I... Yeah, I need a time machine so I can give those orcas an AK-47 or something. But. <laughs> just one for them to share. Yes, just one. Well, no, th- yeah, I can give them one and they can take it apart and teach th- them, you know, how to build new ones that they can pull with their pens or something. We also need sharks with freaking laser beams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been meaning to ask the two of you, by the way, hmm. how do you think the unthinkable? How do you what, think the unthinkable? Yeah, how do you think the unthinkable? Okay. Is this a, is this a it's, riddle or is this something I'm actually supposed to know the answer? Right. That's my question. You want me to just tell you the answer? Yeah, yeah, what's the answer? With an iceberg. Okay. It's, oh, wow. Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> my stomach hurts. <laughs> 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 that joke is wrong. It's wrong. Constantly brimming with hatred. Right now. <laughs> it's just so I am like an orca attacking <laughs> yeah. a Japanese whaling ship. Okay. I will. All right. Hold on. Well, so what I was about to say before that awful things. Uh, this this might be a hot take, but I am of the opinion that if I think that animals should be allowed to defend themselves, who's stopping them? No, I, I mean like. Well, the second thing I'm going to do when I run for Congress is propose a bill that animals are allowed to defend themselves. The right yeah. to bear bears. Wait, the right to arm yeah. bears. bears. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> the right to arm bears. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just like uh, any time an animal shows up in, in civilization or when people are around and someone fucks around and the animal hurts them, then everyone's like, oh, we got to kill the animal. No, you don't got to. The animal has a right to defend itself. I think anybody. Uh, this this goes along with my my like trophy hunting. I think that sure you should be allowed to trophy hunt if you want to go kill an elephant. That's fine, but you have to do it with your bare hands. The animals should be able to defend themselves. Yeah. I think if you can fist fight an elephant, you get to keep it. Didn't I think you, didn't you get your face bitten off when you were a kid by a dog? I actually, I you know what? I think that's I did not bitten off. No, it grew back but, rather nicely. But I did, <laughs> yeah. A, uh, a dog did step on my face and the slice open uh, a big like a big gash under my eye and i think that's probably where i got this idea like don't don't antagonize animals because they're dangerous 
and they can hurt you, and they should be allowed to if you antagonize them. I think they are. So, yeah, all that to say, again, uh, long live the Orca Uprising. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm here for it. And hail to the stingray that killed Steve Irwin. Well, maybe not. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I can get on that. He, he, did, have you ever seen him, the way he like, used to touch those alligators? That was creepy. Yeah. I, I know I I know that I just like argued against that, but like I don't know. I mean, if you molest an animal, yeah, and I'm talking about like this general definition of the word molest, yeah, you know, to just bother, not like bestiality. Well, you know what? Okay, specifically, yeah. No, you're right. That was the knee jerk emotional response. He didn't he pull the stingray out of the water? I hope Tom never hears this. <laughs> nobody, nobody's ever gonna hear. <laughs> But uh, it's just a little bit like, uh, did you see? There's this TikTok going around of uh, these two drunk guys um, harassing a moose, while the the TikToker is is like, "Get the fuck away from that moose!" Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's very funny. Is that it's it's very good. I'm not going to spoil how it ends, although you can probably guess. I can guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so good. Yeah. Spoil it because I don't have TikTok. I don't either. I, wa- I watch it on YouTube. I'm going to assume that they fucked around and found out. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy's like, he's like, get the fuck away from the, the moose. And he's like, they're like, oh, is it your moose? And they're like the worst guy. Thing, you know, like, and of course, they are, they are, they each are holding a beer, which I feel like completes the picture. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to touch the moose, I'm going to touch the moose. And then it goes, Burr. and then like they, it's icy, cold and icy out. So they like slip and fall and drop their beer and scramble away. And then the, the video abruptly ends, but it's cut perfectly, like right in the middle of, the, of that panic of them trying to escape. It's so good. And those are the same caliber of aliens that are trying to come visit us. Exactly. Oh my god. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of my situation. We're, yeah. So that's why we keep shooting them down. All the, all the other aliens are like, don't fuck with them. They're dangerous. Yeah. And those guys are like, uh, look what I can do. Oh, look what I'm going to do to this cow's anus. Ooh. What is it? Is, yeah. your, is it your planet? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere out there, there's a, a podcast, a space podcast, and someone saying <laughs> animals have the right to defend themselves. <laughs> Law, Law of large numbers. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. So wait, yeah. So I guess, yeah, what did we learn today? We learned yeah. that even though we are actively destroying ourselves, we also have the right to protect ourselves from alien threats. There, there might actually be something profound in there. Something about, like, because like, the whales are defend, uh, kind of appear to be defending the ocean. And whether we know it or not, we're defending the Earth from these looky-loo. What's uh, more likely is that we are rejecting help. Yeah, almost certainly. Oh my god! Just like the orcas did. <laughs> the idea of an alien ambas- of us shooting down an alien ambassador is hilarious to me. You ever seen Mars Attacks? Yeah, this is one of my top three favorite movies. It's so good. Isn't that a redundancy? What three favorite movies? Mars Attacks. That's a redundancy, wouldn't it be? It's Mars is the no, god. War. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. Oh. <laughs> oh man god damn it <laughs> alright mm-hmm. I think I am spent I think mm-hmm. just about it. have we finished I think we are finishing now okay, okay.